and welcome back to episode seven of The Daily Pour. And today we're going to talk about an area that Danielle is an expert in as she has a whole business in helping athletes uh, performance. And she's going to unpack the disc profiling for athletes. And this is really all about identifying behavioral styles in athletes. So coaches, parents, teams can develop more self-awareness, do more effective communication with each other. They can support more productive relationships. They can tailor their coaching and and the way they mentor and the way they manage. They can identify how each athlete contributes their very best and how we can overall just improve team chemistry. So it's really interesting. So if you are a parent of an athlete, if you are an athlete, if you're a coach, you are really going to enjoy this. So let's get to it. Hi, friends. Welcome back. Excited to talk to you today. Last week, we talked about uh, the different love languages with Kim. Um, and I, I just found that to be fascinating uh, on multiple levels. You know, we're always talking about pouring into each other and ourselves. And I think um, hopefully you guys had a chance to do the quiz uh, and check that out and see what, what your love language and what your spouse's love language is. Um, today, we thought it would be fun to kind of continue. I, I mentioned last week um, that I kind of do something similar with my athletes. Um, because it's really important for athletes to understand their behavioral style, not only for themselves, what their behavioral style is, but what their teammates behavioral style is with their coaches, parents, siblings, classmates, teachers, you name it. It's really important. It's just going to help them to kind of, uh, navigate, I guess, navigate, um, different situations a little bit better. Um, so what I use with them is actually called the, athletic disc assessment. Um, and some of you may have been, may have heard of this. If you're in the corporate world, they do have the disc assessment for, um, big corporations. Mm -hmm. This has been taken, uh, by Bo Hansen and Liz Mason. Bo Hansen was, um, an Olympic rower, very, um, very successful Olympic rower out of Australia. He and Liz Mason took that corporate disc assessment and created one for athletes, coaches, and managers. So when the, when you take this one, it is focused on athletes, coaches, and managers rather than that corporate world. Um, Yeah. So if you're familiar with it, the disc though, I'm pretty sure those letters are all the same. I don't know. Are you familiar with the disc assessment? I did the disc assessment. um, I believe it was attached to maybe a Tony Robbins Ah, uh, workshop or something I did because I I have disc assessment in the same brain cell as Tony Robbins. So I think I did it as some sort of workshop I did uh, a while back and I think I saved it. I'm going to go look it up actually after this podcast to see what I am. (laughs) Um, But it is important, you know, and I always tell my athletes this too, and I don't know if in Tony Robbins, he talked about this, but there's not a particular style that's quote unquote better for performance than another. Um, It's very important that the athletes know that like, (laughs) just because they're this type of behavior doesn't make them you know, any better or any worse than their teammate, right? It's just, there are strengths to knowing, there are strengths to having this type of behavior. There are um, limitations as well, but knowing those limitations allows you to be able to adapt Mm -hmm. and alter your behavior, which is another important point. This is not a personality thing. Personality is something that we're born with and we can't alter that. But behavior is something that is learned 
and can be altered in any given situation depending on who you're interacting with. And that's the key takeaway there. Um, so not that one is better than the other and so on and so forth. There are strengths and weaknesses to each, um, but being, being able to identify what you are and what those strengths are and building off of those strengths and what those weaknesses are and working on those weaknesses is huge. And that's why this is so important. Okay. okay so, so let me, let me yes. just ask really quick, just to get this straight. So basically we have a behavior style that is pretty much set. Yes. Okay. And so we're, what we're saying is, okay, this is my behavior style. How do I best knowing this, how can I best navigate and um, show up with this knowledge of this is my strength. These are my, this is well, I hate to say weakness, but I know these are some, yeah, but th th these are areas that I'm not as Very strong in that I could be aware of and try to make stronger Yes, because I'm aware because I'm self-reflecting yes. and also how you interact with other people. Right. Okay. And how those areas for improvement might actually affect the way that you interact with somebody else. So how can we adjust ourselves a little bit to make that interaction mutually beneficial in the best way possible? Okay, love it. okay. Yeah. Yes. So it's great for coaches to know for all of their athletes. And I actually teach coaches on this stuff for this reason, because as we've mentioned before, when you're a coach of a team, you have to coach the whole team as a unit, but you also have to coach each individual because just like with the love languages, you know, if you have someone who needs that affirmation and you're giving them something else, it kind of gets a little lost in translation, right? Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. So if a coach is coaching this athlete, you know, one way, but they're, that's not the way that they respond or they don't respond best to that method. Let's say it's, um, let's say it's that, you know, the very kind of old school yelling and in their face and that sort of thing. Um, if that athlete's behavioral style is, you know, the complete opposite of that, it's just not going to go well. That athlete's going to completely shut down and you're going to lose them for the rest of the game. Yep. Right. But on the flip side, there are athletes who do respond well to that. And so they, they need that. So if you're not someone who's yell in your face type thing, you might have to adjust yourself, you know, as a coach to be that for that person to get the most out of them, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yes. So without, I, I mean, I can't, there's no, gra I, I have graphics that I use. Um, it's hard. It's might be difficult for me to kind of um, verbalize what these graphics are, but I will try. So essentially you have all the letters, right? Um, D is dominance. I is influence, okay? S is steadiness and C is conscientious, okay? So if you can kind of imagine <clears throat> the, the, a chart, okay, with all the letters, we will have C and D at the top. So conscientious and dominance at the top, S steadiness and influence at the bottom, okay? So the left half of the chart, is C and S, conscientious, conscientious and steady. Those people are more indirect and slower paced, okay? On the right, we have dominance and influence. Those people are more direct and faster paced, okay? Mm -hmm. Then if we split it horizontally, on top, we have conscientious and dominance. Those people are more guarded and task focused. Then the people on the bottom are steady and influence. Those people are more open people, people like people relationship focused type thing. Mm -hmm. People pleasers or those types of, of things. They're more okay? social. 
more social. Yeah, exactly. So with me on the, the separating there, yep. it's so hard without you seeing this. Because you have right. your quadrants, you have your halves. So yes. the, the, the four can be split in all the different ways. Exactly. And everybody kind of falls into that. Yes. And it's also important to note too that just like with the love languages, how people say, oh, I'm a little bit of all of them. You know, I like a little bit of all. It's, it's kind of similar here too. We are a, a, a percentage of each of these, but usually will be a higher percentage in two. So we'll have one that's like our highest percentage, another one that's a little bit, you know, kind of close to that. And then the other two are very low percentages. Okay. And Makes also sense. you'll have one, um, you'll have an, a, like a, a behavioral style for when you're playing your sport, when you're in sport and when you're outside of sport too. Um, and that can also be interesting to note because for some people, it's very difficult. Like if you're like, and I'm one of these people. So I actually took this assessment as an athlete and it was kind of hard because I had to like think back to when I was in school, um, at, you know, playing. And she, when I talked to her afterwards, Liz, she was like, so you make up like less than 1% of the people <laughs> take this assessment. So basically I'm a completely different person when I play hockey than when I'm outside of hockey. And it makes sense. I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's yeah, absolutely. I become like just a completely different person. Like you have a, an alter ego, you have a sports, yeah. a sports person. Alter ego. you have a sports. Yeah. 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 Person. And I told her and I said, well, that makes sense. And I actually, I will coach athletes, um, you know, to create alter egos sometimes because I, I identify that they are similar and they need that. So we'll create an alter ego for them when they're in sports. So that's a, you know, something different, but it's just very fascinating. So I'm a completely different person when I play than versus when I'm not playing. And that can sometimes cause problems for people because now they're forcing, almost forcing, right. They're forcing, um, certain things. Um, it wasn't the case for me. It worked for me. And those athletes that I helped create alter egos, it works for them, but that is something kind of worth noting too. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So let's just, we'll get into when you kind of understand the chart, we'll just get into each one. So dominance, this, this category is easiest to identify, right? And it very much goes with the name dominance. dominance. <laughs> um, they make up about 20, 10 to 20% of the team. Um, they're, you know, the athletes that always want the ball. They always want to take the penalty shots. They're the anchors on the relay team, all those things, right? They're like, mine, 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 give it to me. I just want to go. Let me go. Let me go. Let me go. Right. Mm -hmm. um, they're usually the loudest, most direct. They'll tell you exactly what, like it is. And uh, they'll brag about themselves. <laughs> Are they the most confident of the four? Um, yes. Or they project that. Okay. Because of something that needs to be worked through, but yes, they're okay. very confident individuals. And a lot of times they will be chosen as captains because of all of these things, but they don't always make the next, the best captains because of how they act towards their teammates. Got you. Right. Because when they go into what I call the red zone, which is something that we can talk about in another podcast, but the red zone is basically like that downward spiral where they make a mistake and they just can't then make another one, another one, another one. They just start to lose control. Right. When they get into red zone, they're very volatile. So they lash out the, at coaches, teammates, the referee, right? They make excuses. Um, they blame others for their mistakes, right? Um, they might snap back at coaches when they're being critiqued. It's like, you can't even, you can't even approach that person. It's like, so perhaps maybe some of these dominant styles are not necessarily the best at leadership. Exactly. So, but a lot of times, if you're not familiar with this kind of thing, they will get chosen to be the captain because of all those other traits, 
right? Because those are, those are good traits, you know, being aggressive and a go-getter and wanting the ball and this and that, you know, those, those are positive things for a team. You need to have that on the team, but the other stuff, when they get into that red zone and the way they act when they're in that red zone is very destructive, very, like can crumble a team in a second, right? Um, so yeah, the, to, you know, their main characteristics, they're decisive, daring, argumentative, demanding, dominant, and they have an IU, high ego. Um, an example of an athlete like this, Michael Jordan, Mm -hmm. amazing, amazing, amazing basketball player. He's a D right. So I don't know if that kind of helps you conceptualize it. Right. Absolutely. Um, the next one influence influencer. Okay. So again, these are also, um, more fast paced, right. Influencers fast paced. They're people pleasers though. People, social, social beings, right. They want to be liked. Yes. So they're very loud. D's are also very loud. So they're loud. They love being around a lot of people. People love to follow them because they are fun. So they might also be chosen as captain because they are very boisterous and loud and fun and like a, you know, they walk into the room and oh, party's here, right? That we don't need anything else. We just have so-and-so, right? Um, but they don't always necessarily make the best leaders either. Um, they're enthusiastic, optimistic, positive. They love praise and recognition. Um, Words of affirmation. Exactly. They have a really hard time being called out and embarrassed in front of a group. That's really, that's, that's hard for them. Um, They're like, we talked, like I mentioned the masters of leading, but because of all these other characteristics, right. But they don't always make the the best leaders uh, because they have short attention spans. They lack follow through this, you know, shiny object syndrome. Like I'm doing this and then all of a sudden, oh, but what's this all about, right? So they they don't necessarily stay focused and follow through with everything that they're doing, which can cause some issues. Yep. Um, have a hard time following instructions in practice because of this. They easily get confused um, by what they should be doing because they weren't paying attention in the first place. Again, that shiny object, right? Um, and they're very susceptible to going into what I call the yellow zone because if it isn't fun, they lose interest really, really quickly. Yellow zone is boredom, lackadaisical Mm -hmm. attitude, just sort of like, yeah, what am I having for dinner tonight? I I don't want to be here anymore. This is boring to me. Right. Um, they're susceptible to going into that very easily more so than red zone because they, they lose interest if it's not fun. Uh, main characteristics, short attention span, enthusiastic, emotional, lack of follow-through persuasive, optimistic, um, but also amazing athletes too. An example of, let me give a different sport because Shaq is one, um, Gronk, Sure. Oh, Gronk. Absolutely. Sure everybody knows who he is. Gronk. I love right? Gronk. I, yeah. I just love him. <laughs> right? Everybody does. Totally yes. high, right? Fun guy. Really fun. But yes. Can you also see the other characteristics in him? Yeah, well, he's it's, he's playful and fun. I mean, I, obviously, we don't know him personally. Right. His <laughs> his persona is very, um, you know, fun and, and goofy and, and wants to make people laugh and and but he's also really disciplined and really a badass. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So next we have steady S for steady. So this, now we're getting to the bot. This is the bottom left corner, right? So also people oriented, but slower paced. Okay. So the D's and the I's are faster paced. S's and C's are slower paced. So steady, uh, very patient, very patient beings. Um, they possess a team first mentality. Um, a lot of the major, like if you were to ask them why they play, uh, it's because they love being a part of a team and around their friends. Um, very kind-hearted human beings, peaceful, calming, extremely loyal. 
Um, they're very slow to start or try things because they're afraid of making mistakes, usually out of fear um, uh, and out of fear of hurting their teammates, letting them down, mm-hmm. right? We're all familiar with that. Um, they say, I'm sorry, a lot. Yes, <laughs> um, I'm very, yes, yes. <laughs> they can be, now here, these are really good leaders. S's are really good leaders. They can be some of the best leaders on the planet because they're relationship people. Um, they love that one-on-one connection, building those deep connections. So there's going to be the people that are going to, you know, recognize that Susie Q had a tough day and pull her aside afterwards, wrap her arm around her and just be like, talk to me. I'm here for you. What's going on. Right. So they make really they're really good leaders for that reason, right? Um, so their main characteristics, slow-paced, team-first mentality, also another reason why they're good leaders, patient, peaceful, calming, loyal. Um, an example, I have a lot of basketball examples. Um, Steph, uh, Steph Curry. Yep. An S. Um, Clay Thompson, also a basketball player. Mm-hmm. Um, also an S. So, mm-hmm. and again, remember, you can have a combination of these things. No, does not surprise me. Mm-hmm. Nope. So again, though, he's a high C. So that would be his highest percentage of behavior, his behavioral style would probably also be mixed with something else. I love this. I would love to, I would love to dive in to see what more people are. (laughs) Yes. And I'm wondering if, I don't know if you have any, anything on this, but if, if you're a D in sports, well, no, because you already said it personally, you were, you were a particular way and you were completely opposite in your regular life. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting to, to hear. So, well, let me ask you this. What do you think I was in sport? M, still M when I play. Dominant. Yeah. High D. Yep. High D. High yep. D. And, D for um, Danielle. Yeah. High D. <laughs> I forget what my secondary one was. I'll have to, I'll have to look it up again. I want to say it was S. So high D and S, mm-hmm. which is steady, uh, which is why I made a good captain because I right. had both of those features, right? Yes. We talked about how every team needs those S's to kind of keep, you know, things in line and that team first mentality and that sort of thing. So I was a high D, low S uh, when I played. And then what do you think I was? What do you think I am outside of that? You're either an I, you're not a C. You're, you're an I or an S. I am still a high, so I'm a high S. And then I forget the second one again. I'm going to have to look. Okay. Yeah. This is fun though. I like this. This yeah. is, it's interesting. Again, more ways to reflect and to understand how we show up in sports, in a team environment. Um, and even, even I would say this could be applied even to in a work environment, working as a team, anytime you're in a team situation with a group of people, mm-hmm. how you show up in that team. Remember when you were working in groups in college, you had to do a group project. I'd be like, Oh, here it goes. I'm going to have to do the whole thing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I was a D I was a D in school. Like I'm going to have to take control. I'm going to make sure this is done and make sure yeah. it's done. Right. Right. I'm, I'm the same way. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's a form of performance, right? Mm-hmm. So you have your behavior inside of performance and your behavior outside of performance. So yeah. I mean, it's fascinating. Um, just to kind of, when I go through this with the athletes, they're just, their minds are blown, blown. at how accurate it is for themselves and for people, they start to kind of like think about, you know, like who is what. Um, and then when I try to, you know, when I start to coach them on how to now interact with each other, like, cause we, we go through, because there are, you know, 
letters that conflict more so than others and for reasons, right? Um, and so we'll kind of go over that stuff and how can we adapt our behavior when we're dealing with a C or when we're dealing with an I, right? Um, and it, it really helps teams to just kind of build that team chemistry and get closer and it helps them to perform better overall, 100%. And I, I, yes, and I would imagine, um, you know how we're all very judgy and we all try not to be judgy, but you know, it'd be very easy to judge, especially when you're younger, you're always judging everybody. Mm -hmm. um, and judging teammates, it would be easy to like, oh, that person saw this, that person saw that. I would imagine it helps their mind expand to say, hey, we're all uniquely different. And yes. now when that person does that, at least I can somewhat identify or understand why that person is doing that. Exactly. And that is a huge aha moment for them. Yes. When they understand that, because with the D, a lot of the times when they're in red zone and they're, you know, they made a mistake and they're snapping at you, Right you might take that as like, oh my gosh, he doesn't like me anymore. Like, or personally, she, she, yeah, she hates me. She's not my friend anymore. What did I do? Right. Person, a personal thing. Right. But now that you understand, no, that's just her in her red zone. She just needs time to get out of red zone. And once she gets out of red zone, things will go back to normal. It's not a personal thing against you. It's her in her red zone. So once you know that it kind of it helps to solve a lot of issues amongst mm -hmm. the team because you're like, oh, it's not something that I did. She doesn't not like me. She's just working through something. And I know how to now maybe support her in this. And then when mm -hmm. she gets through it, we'll be, we'll be fine. Right. I love that. So when you work with your athletes, you're working with them in this assessment to recognize not only what, how they show up and why they show up and they can recognize how they show up. And if they want to work on, you know, um, improving some of those areas that they can improve on they can do it for themselves but not only that but also learn how to understand your team yes. understand the individuals so we can accept the team as they are and not take anything personally and just continue to grow and move forward as a team yes. which i and this this whole red zone yellow zone thing i really want to do a whole segment on that because i think that applies to life and i think that's something i want to dive into more with you and oh absolutely well when when we do that will come back to, because when I coach this, I coach them in, like in tandem, right? I actually introduce mindset zones first. Um, and then we go into behavioral styles. And because once you can identify what happens, well, the behavioral styles just sort of helps you to identify what's going on for you when you're in certain zones mm -hmm. and for your teammates too. So when we come back to this, I'll, I'll, I'll go through and we can talk about, okay, well, this is what a D looks like in a red zone. This is what a D looks like in yellow zone, right? Oh, I love that. Okay. So yeah. we'll do that. So right yeah. now audience for this is we are educating ourselves on how assessment. the disc <laughs> assessment applies for athletes and also how we can kind of see how that kind of falls into regular lives, but we'll take a deeper look at it. And the next episode, when we talk about mindset and red zones and yellow zones and green zones and all the zones. Well, and it's also great too, just a quick additional side note for parents to know what what percentages of each zone their, their child is, because it really helps you to be able to identify when they're in red, because you can be in red zone outside of sport, like red zone doesn't oh, of course. sport. And we'll go over that too. But when, when you can identify what type of behavioral style your son or daughter has, you you will understand, oh, okay, sh they're spiraling what do they need right now? Right. And when they scream at you, <laughs> right. again, it's not a personal thing. It's just them dealing. And instead of, you know, taking it personally and getting offended and, you know, maybe snapping back now you can maybe use that to help them through mm -hmm. it, to help them 
kind of go to a tool, right, um, to, to help them get through that. And it's just, it's really good. It's kind of the exact same thing as the love languages to understand just, what that person needs. Yep. Absolutely. And you're understanding yourself, what you're going through, being able to identify what it is so you can actually navigate through it. And yeah. what about red zones for parents and the, uh-huh. the bleachers? Oh my God, that's a whole other, I mean, I could spend an hour talking about that, <laughs> but we, I, we will talk about we red zone in the bleachers, that. red zone in the stands. Yes. We will talk about that for sure. <laughs> right. So love, love pouring into this piece. Um, and that's so interesting. So we'll do a little bit more on that later. So fun. All right. Yes. Awesome. Thanks guys. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us again today. And I hope that you enjoy this episode as we talked about um, these different behavior styles. Um, and, and if you are somebody who wants to learn more about this, certainly feel free to reach out to Danielle and, uh, and she can definitely um, share more. So next week, we're actually going to talk about mindset in the athlete and it has a lot of correlation in in the regular life as well so really looking forward to having you here for next week to unpack mindset and as always if you like what you're hearing please head on over to the apple platform and like and review and share and um yeah we enjoy having you here and have a beautiful day my friends Thank you.